Hey church family, it's Pastor Jordan here. Uh, thank you for watching this video and what we are going to be calling uh, Theology Thursdays. What we want to do is we want to make sure as best we can to connect with you, uh, to encourage you spiritually, to provide as best we can some discipleship material or activity or videos so that we can, uh, we can remain spiritually connected even when we are physically separated. Um, and so what we're going to do today is uh, we're going to dive into a brief uh, study on some uh, th a theological issue. And we're going to try to do this every Thursday. And so we want your feedback. We're new to this. Uh, this is uncharted waters in so many ways for all of us. Uh, so if you watch this and you like it, let us know. If you don't like it, let us know. If it's too long, too short, we want to hear from you. And we'd also like you to let us know if there's a theological issue or question that you have always wrestled with, let us know. And if it doesn't stump the preacher too bad, uh, we might talk about it next Thursday. Uh, so with all that said, let's dive into Christology. Christologyology, the study of, study of what? Study of who? Study of Jesus. Um, I was able to talk to a Sunday school class, actually the one that meets on third floor. We talked a little bit about this a few weeks ago and got some good feedback on it. And so we're going to dive uh, into that um, and uh, make sure that we can, we can kind of provide the insight into who Jesus is. And the question was, who will Jesus be and what will he look like? What will he be like? Have you ever wondered where Jesus is now? What's he doing now? Um, we might fall into temptation to think that uh, Jesus came to earth, he took on a body, and then he did his tour of duty, and now he's like, whew, glad that's over with, I'm going to cast this body off, I'm going to go be something different. Uh, what is Jesus like? And so we're going to jump into this, Christology. So really, the question is, uh, what was Jesus like when he was on earth? We're going to say that's that stretch right there. That's Jesus, his life on earth. What will Jesus be like? forever in the future. And what was Jesus like forever in the past? We're going to use above this line to be the spiritual realm, to be heaven, talk about that. And then the bottom, bottom behind, under this is going to be the physical realm, earth. What does that look like? So uh, what is what's Jesus like in eternity past? Well, Jesus always was. He was never created. He never began to exist. There was never a time where he didn't exist. Jesus existed as the Son of God, God the Son. He existed in eternity past in a perfect relationship, totally satisfied with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. Now we call this the Trinity. So that our church is named after, the Trinity, essential Christian doctrine. If you don't have this, you don't have Christianity. So, eternity past, Jesus existed in this relationship. We like to show this uh, with a triangle. Triangle really helps us think about some of this. None of, no analogy is going to be perfect of the Trinity, but this, gets, this is a good start. Uh, so just like a triangle has three points, okay? this point is the triangle. If this point wasn't there, it wouldn't be a triangle. In the same way, God, the Trinity, exists as three persons, one God. Three parts of the, the triangle make up the triangle. The three persons of the Godhead make up God. Just as this triangle is the, this angle is the triangle, just as this angle is the triangle, just as this angle is the triangle, uh, God the Son is God. God the Father is God. God the Holy Spirit is God. Now, they're also distinct. Just as this angle is not this angle, okay? Just as this angle is not this angle, and this angle is not this angle, God the Son is not God the Father. 
God the Father is not God the Holy Spirit. We say it like this, one God, three persons. So this is how Jesus existed. Now, how do we see this in scripture? We see this in a few places. Uh, John 17, five says it like this. This is Jesus talking. He says, and now Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. So we've got eternity past, God the Father and God the Son existing together and the Son being glorified with the Father before the world ever existed. We also have Jesus saying this in John 10, 30. He says, I and the Father are one. God the Son and God the Father are one. They are one. We see this in the baptism of Jesus. We see Jesus in the water. We see the Holy Spirit descend on him like a dove. And we hear God the Father. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Um, we see the three people, the three people of the Trinity, all, um, all speaking and existing and being at the same time, uh, separate people. So this is how Jesus existed before the world began, perfectly satisfied with God the Father, God the Holy Spirit. Now, what happens? Zero A.D. What happens zero A.D.? We call it the incarnation. We have a little baby. Here's my art skills. Little baby in a manger. It's my girl's favorite Bible story. Little baby in the manger. Jesus is born. What does that look like? Well, he does not cease to be God. He does not cease to be God. What we have is we have God the Son taking on a human nature. Kind of represent that by two boxes. Two natures. Jesus is fully God. That means everything that it means to be God is true of Jesus. All-knowing, all-powerful, everywhere, all-loving, everything that means to be God is true of this baby in the manger. And he is also fully man. Everything that it means to be a man is true of Jesus. And so you have both of these things in the baby. And this is what it says in Scripture. This is some of the reasons that we believe this to be true. And we know this to be true. Colossians 2.9 says, For in Him, in Him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Isn't that amazing? In Him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Okay? We also have John 1.14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's John 1.1. 1, 1. And then we see in verse 14, it says this, And the Word, another name for the Son of God, second person of the Trinity, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father. See how that works? Full of grace and truth. So now we have the Incarnation. Son of God, fully God, fully man, Jesus, living a life. And this is his time where we will call his state of humiliation. State of humiliation. For 33, 34 years, Jesus was in a state of humiliation. Not, not oh, sad, I'm embarrassed to be a man. We're not talking about that kind of humiliation. We're saying going from this existence, perfect satisfaction, perfect joy, to 
Here is a humiliation. That means Jesus now experiences what we experience. Pain, suffering. Jesus got a cold. Jesus stubs his toe. Jesus was rejected by friends. Jesus was tempted in every way we are, but he did not sin. State of humiliation. And as you might be thinking, this state of humiliation uh, reaches its, its biggest point where? The cross. So we have Jesus' physical body, everything means to be fully man, physical body, state of humiliation, dies on the cross. Now, he is fully God, fully man. God raised him up. He did not stay dead. Three days later, he rose again. What was he like then? Well, the Bible tells us that he goes, his body has changed. When he rises from the dead, he has a glorified body. It's something different. He is still fully man, but he has a glorified body. And he enters into, remember, state of humiliation, state of exaltation. So he will never suffer again. He will never stub his toe again. He will never get sick again. He has entered into a state of exaltation. A state of exaltation. What does this body look like? What does he exist like? Well, we know that he, he's touched. Remember after he's resurrected and, and Thomas says, I'm not going to believe unless I put my hand in his side and, and in the holes of his, of his hands. You know, remember that? Um, Thomas comes, Jesus appears to him, and what happens? He touches. Thomas touches Jesus. He has a physical body. We see Jesus eat fish in Luke after he's resurrected. We see him walk on the road to Emmaus. He is not an angel. He's not a spirit. He's not any of those things. He's a man with a glorified body. And I keep saying that, glorified body. We get that from a few places, but Philippians 3, 20 through 21 says it like this. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our state of humiliation, our lowly bodies, to be like His glorious body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. What was the saying? Jesus, when he rose from the dead, is something different. And you and I have that to look forward to. We're going to have a physical body like his glorious ex uh, state of exaltation body. No more sickness. No more disease. Fabulous. Something to look forward to. Now, we see in Acts 1... We see in Acts 1, Jesus rose from the dead, and then he ascended into heaven. Acts 1, he ascended into heaven. What is he doing now? You ever wonder that? What is he doing now? Well, Scripture tells us he ascended into heaven, and he is seated at the right hand of the Father. Where is Jesus right now? He's on his resurrection body, in his resurrection body, seated at the right hand of God the Father. Okay? That's where he is right now. At this moment, Jesus has a physical body. He is seated at the right hand of God the Father. Now, what is he doing? This is why this is good for us. Why is he there? Well, he is our mediator. He is our mediator. What does that mean? In this courtroom... Before this judgment seat, before the King of Kings, 
we have an accuser. The accuser is an enemy of the brethren. He accuses all the time. He accuses all the time to the Father. And that's Satan. That's what, uh, let me, I probably won't read it. Revelations 12.10 um, says it like this. I'll read it anyway. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of the brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before God. So, Christian, he is our mediator, meaning when the devil, see how scary I can make this guy, when the devil accuses me to God of my sins, the devil will be telling the truth. Say, that guy is a sinner, God. God the Father, you are a just God. You must punish sinners. You must punish evil. Look at Jordan Hodges. He is a sinner. He's going to accuse me of these things. Is going to be accurate. It's going to be true. But Jesus, at the right hand of God the Father, with his scars, with his hole in his side, glorified body, is going to be a reminder to all the cosmos. It's going to be a reminder to our accuser. It's going to be evidence before the Father that all who call upon the name of Jesus, though they are accused accurately of sin, all who called upon the name of Jesus have been justified, declared righteous in the courtroom of God. How does that work? Mediator between man, sinful man, and perfect God. Mediator declaring that I am saved and righteous. My sins are forgiven. What else is he doing? He calls him, his high, we are, he is our high priest, okay? Our high priest, just like the priests of the Old Testament. Jesus is evidence that we, we, our, sac our sacrifice has been made once for all. Uh, he, he intercedes for us. That's another big one. Another big word. He intercedes for us to the Father on our behalf. He intercedes. That's what he's doing right now. So Christian, when you sin, do not feel like God has done with you. Do not feel like you're, you're being accused and then you're going to be kicked out of God's family. Why? Because we have a mediator. We have a high priest who is at the right hand of the Father for you and for me. Now, the good news is he did not stop being a human. If he stopped, if he said, I'm done, I'm done with this, he couldn't be our mediator. He couldn't be our high priest. He couldn't inter wouldn't intercede for us. He'd be taking care of somebody else. But he has committed himself to people, to humans, forever. Now, we're going to end with this. <clears throat> we're going to end with this. What is he going to do? What's he going to do? Why do, I, why do I keep saying he's going to be here forever? Well, someday, and someday come Lord Jesus, someday soon, he is going to come back. Acts chapter 1 says he's going to come back the same way he came. Remember how he came? It, how he went up? He went up bodily to the right hand of the Father. He will come down bodily. And he will come down he will raise the dead. Those who reject his kingship, he will raise them for hell. Those who have called upon his name, he will raise them up to be citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Revelation 21, Jesus is coming down to usher in a new heaven and a new earth. Jesus is coming down. Luke 1.32 says he's coming down to sit on the throne of David. Who sits on thrones? Humans do. Humans do, the physical throne. So Jesus is coming down, and he is going to be the king 
of the world. Here's the world. Can't you see? It looks like a chocolate chip cookie, but you get the point. He is coming down to sit on the throne to reign forever and ever. How's he going to reign? He's going to reign bodily. He's coming down the same way he went up. Went up bodily, coming down bodily. You and I are going to be in that kingdom, Christian. We are going to reign with Christ, Scripture says, physically. We're going to reign with him physically. How awesome is that? It says we'll be the judges of angels. How awesome will that be? He says we have an inheritance in the new kingdom and the new earth forever and ever with Christ bodily. So, brief takeaway. Bodies, good. We can kind of fall into this trap to think spiritual's good, body, well, someday I'll cast us off and just strum a harp ups, upstairs phys, uh, spiritually. It's not how it's going to be. You and I will be in the new heaven, new earth, physical, resurrected bodies, no more pain, no more suffering, to rule with our brother Jesus Christ forever. How awesome is that? I hope this has been a little bit of an encouragement to you. Jesus is with us. He's with us forever. He's a human forever. He's our representative. He loves us. He's taking care of you, Christian. We love you. Send us your feedback. Send me some ideas for next Thursday if you like this. Don't stump me too bad, and maybe we'll visit your idea. We love you. We love you. We love you. We'll see you next time.